Chapter 21 It's time. A hand rested on my shoulder, and I blinked my eyes open. Yeshua kneeled next to me. I sat up. My back was stiff, my cheeks sore from sleeping on a rock. The sun's bright rays told me it was mid-afternoon. Time for what? For me to leave and you to stay here. Someone splashed from up the river. Carper is on his way, Yeshua said. When I tried to speak, all that came out was a squeak. I wasn't ready for this. What if Carper didn't listen to me? I cleared my throat. Why did you bring me here? Yeshua took my face in his hands. Trust me. Koak is with you, Pero. And I love you. I tried to pull my face away. But I can't do this, Yeshua. I don't know. He kept his hands on my cheeks and moved my head back toward him. Keep your eyes on me, child. I nodded. Calm settled over me. Yeshua kissed my head, let go, and waded across the river and through the forest. He disappeared behind a tree right as Carper came around the river's bend. Carper paused when he spotted me. He was too far away for me to read his expression. Eventually, he trudged through the water. I wouldn't move. My mission was to find him. But now that he was here, I wasn't eager to take any initiative. Either I lacked confidence, or my time of rest had made him seem smaller. Like fear over him was a thing of yesterday, and that he didn't require a driving force to plow into him with a sword or stick. How'd you get here? Carper asked when he was closer. He looked around and chuckled. And by yourself? Normally being with Carper with no one else around would have had my knees trembling but it felt like just another day relaxing by the river. Doesn't matter how I got here. I've been looking for you. Seems like I've found you. Dark red blood blotched on Carper's head. Red veins tracked down like spider legs. He slicked his glistening hair, but it flipped back over his forehead. You don't seem so classy when you're hiking through the woods. He frowned. No one's out here to see. I have some ointment. I fished through the bag. Carper moved his hand in a dismissive wave. I'm fine. You don't look fine. What'd you do, run into a tree? Carper rested on the rock where Yeshua had sat not that long ago. With head tipped back toward the sun, he sighed as if he were relaxed. Shouldn't you be giving tours or ranking warriors on how well they killed each other? You're so much like your mother. His shoulders slumped. Oh my word, Carper really was relaxed. Maybe she learned it from you. I was off to a terrible start. One more word out of my mouth and he'd kill me for sure. I'm sorry for being sassy. Carper laughed out loud. No, you're not. After all I just said to you, you're not hurting me. There was something seriously wrong with this man. Carper dipped his hand in the river and splashed it on his hair. Blood dripped from his forehead and into the river. He smoothed back his fine hair, leaving a greasy and red-streaked finish. You're running away, aren't you? It wasn't like I could go anywhere. Should I be? For me, yes. He stretched like a cat. I held back an eye roll. For the first time since I'd arrived, I wasn't afraid of Dr. Carper. Maybe he hadn't changed. Maybe it was me who had. Is that why you're here, Carper? Are you running away? Carper looked stunned that I would ask such a thing. Call me Calvin. I smirked. Are you being serious right now? My first name is Calvin. And why would I call you by your first name? 
I hadn't even heard mom call him by his first name. Anyone who can confront me is worthy of calling me by my first name. He flicked a water bug off his shirt. You didn't seem to feel that way when you smashed my ankle. I cringed, remembering when he'd put his weight on my injury again. The pain had been far worse than a broken rib, but I wasn't afraid that he'd do it again. Strange indeed. I don't care about you and your parading army anymore, he said. I have better ways to spend my time. So you are running away. I didn't say that. Carper rubbed the non-bleeding part of his head. Does it have anything to do with Moon City rising against you? He jerked his head toward me. How'd you know? I heard the guards talking while I was hiding on the roof yesterday. Why were you... He shook his head. Never mind. Why are you here? You said you were looking for me. Calvin. The name felt strange in my mouth. I thought you'd never ask. He eyed me like I'd gone mad. Maybe I had. I'm taking you with me to the Lasaris, and I'm making you their king. Carper's jaw dropped. I don't understand. Maybe you can't understand my American accent. I said, oh, knock it off, Carper said. Now you're just being an irritating teenager. I'm good at that. What had happened during my time with Yeshua? I was out of control. I was acting like myself. Carper's eyebrows squished together. You really are serious. So help me, Elohim, I really am. Carper looked the other way. Who set you up to this? Was it your mom? I shook my head. Elohim told me that this is what I needed to do, and I obeyed. Carper's eyes traveled to my necklace. Did he tell you during the vision when I was on the throne? That was the vision that made Carper angry, because it didn't end with Carper on the throne. It ended with someone who Carper had never met. Yeshua. No, I said, it wasn't in a vision. Carper cussed under his breath. You want to be king of the Losaris, right? I watched his face, seemingly perplexed and agitated. You've wanted it for a long time. Carper didn't take his eyes off the view of the river and forest. There are two groups of Losaris. You know that, right? I know now. Then here's a history lesson. At one point, Earth came from Orgo. The Losaris on Orgo are on a very slow time, while the Losaris on Earth are on a fast time. Things that happen here in this universe take a very long time to have an effect in our universe. Call it a time lapse. Does that make sense? Not at all. Carper scratched his chin. Never mind then. Let's say that as a Lasari living on Earth, you didn't like the endless meetings and sanctuaries and following rules. So Carper was a Lasari, or used to be. After running away from a people you despise, after hiding for years until you established a plant that would revolutionize the history of mankind, after building a community who worshipped you, after building... He stretched out his arm toward what was probably the direction of Moon City. A magnificent, indestructible city so that one day... When the people who sheltered you your whole life came to threaten everything you'd made, you could rise and rule a people who are disillusioned in their God-following fantasy. After all of that, if a 16-year-old, 17, Carper raised his brow, a naive girl who'd established the power you'd wanted your whole life showed up to say... Never mind what you've done. You can have it. The kingdom of the most 
powerful people on earth belongs to you. No threats needed, no conniving, no ripping necklaces or pursuing visions. I want to know, Pero, if all that happened to you, what would you say? I breathed in and puffed out air. I'd say that's the longest and most self-absorbed thought I've ever heard. Carper rolled his eyes. Seventeen? As far as I know, any news was possible. I could really be fifteen. Henry could be my brother also. I hoped not. Carper looked shorter from my angle on the rock. I know this is a shock. I'm pretty stunned myself, but this is what Elohim wants. That's the thing, Pero. I don't want to be king because Elohim wants me to be. I want to be king so that I can be Elohim. That's why I need you. I need your power. I shook my head. My power comes from Elohim. Precisely. You are my channel. So you're using the three chosen because you're afraid of Elohim. Carper sat up straight. The tendons in his neck bulged. I'm not afraid. I nodded once and turned the other way. A crawdad worked its way against the current, but was pulled back. It tried again. The Lasari leader, Shia, came to my roof and asked me to protect you, I said. There it was. He could do whatever he wanted with it. He could keep taking off and trying to come up with another plan that would lead him right back to where he started. And I wouldn't judge him if he did. Running away wasn't much different from hiding. And you said yes, he said. I said no. What made you change your mind? he asked. Goosebumps formed along my arms. Yeshua's hands had been against my cheeks only moments ago. He told me to focus only on him. It was love. All of it. He had already given it to me freely. Love, I said. Carper snorted. I'm much too old for you. Gross, I crinkled my nose. Not for you. One of your many boyfriends? Gross again, but not entirely inaccurate. Love for Elohim. I don't like you saying that name. His jaw hardened. Yet he wasn't hitting me or shooting me over it. What had changed? You better get used to it if you'll use him for your power as king. Carper picked up a stick and swirled it around in the water. I'm going to be king in your world, not here. The Origo Losaris have a leader, but the Losaris on Earth have been begging for one for years. Then why'd you come here to build a city? If you had paid attention at all in our world, you would know why. He looked at the skies as if searching for a sign of a third universe. I was quite famous on Earth. I searched my memory for his name, for anything I would have heard about Dr. Calvin Carper, the greatest scientist two worlds had ever known. But nothing came to mind. Unease started to creep over me. Maybe I should be scared. Carper whacked the stick against the rock, threw it in the water, and watched it float downstream. Let's be going, then. What would the Lasari say when I brought him? I'd need to protect him if they were angry. He held out a hand. I could use some ointment. I grinned as I pulled it out of the bag. He was asking for help. It was a start. Get that dumb smile off your face, he said. I handed him the jar in silence. He dabbed some on his head and handed the blood-stained jar back to me. Copper bent to scoop up a sip of water, stood, settled his backpack on his shoulders, and walked away. I scrambled to pick myself up. I opened Jimmy's bag, pulled out Sam's wooden cup, and dipped it into the river. 
I heard a snap and looked up to see Carper's fingers in the air. He'd snapped at me. At least he was a little more civil. Not that I could say the same thing about myself. I threw Jimmy's bag over my shoulder and ran to catch up. The wooden cup sloshed water over my fingers. If I was going to be Carper's protector, I'd better be in the lead. But I didn't know which direction to go while Carper did. We walked for what must have been a couple of hours in silence. My feet dragged against the ground. I kept upright, focusing on the sounds of birds in the forest to keep my mind off the pain in my ribs. What do you know about the third chosen? Carper asked. You mean you know you aren't the third? I've always known. Somehow I could see the visions, but I never had my own. If you aren't one of the chosen, how are you able to see the visions? Carper shrugged. It's a curse I've had ever since I met your mom. It was only when I figured out how to use it toward my inventions that I saw it as a gift. It was all about him. Always. Elohim, I still don't understand what you're thinking. Carper opened up a canister and poured water into his mouth. He closed the lid and looked at my face. I licked my chapped lips. I dropped the last bit of water from my cup over an hour ago. He sighed and threw the canister over to me. Only a little. We still have a couple of hours longer. If only Carper hadn't wandered so far. I wiped off the mouthpiece with my shirt. Carper humped. I didn't even put my mouth on it. I ignored him and gulped four times before handing it back. Thank you. He put the canteen away. Let's keep moving so we're not here all day. My ribs ached as we continued walking. You never answered my question, he said. About? Who is the third chosen? The one you were all emotional about when Jimmy shot him with the arrow. I swallowed the now familiar knot in my throat at the mention of Sam. I should be over him. It wasn't like I'd known him that long. His name is Sam. You couldn't see the vision, could you? There was more power with the three. I looked at him in surprise. How else could Sam heal himself and you? It wasn't just a vision. It was a fulfillment. The power was stronger with Sam. We could also take over each other's visions, like I did when I flew to the wall. That hadn't been possible before. The question is, Carper said, how can I tap into that power? I blinked at his honesty. He was calmer, but who knew how long that would last? How could he have Elohim's power? I shuddered to think that he might be clever enough to find a way.